was read earlier this evening, uh, Christ took the bread at that last supper and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And then he, he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for all of you. And, and he told us to take of these things in remembrance of him. So let's do that together. We're going to stand and sing one more song. It, it, uh, it's probably a, a new song for most of you. So if you just sit and think about the words as we sing it, as some of us sing it, <laughs> um, that's fine. Uh, we read through these, uh, the lyrics of this song, Mercy Tree, last week, or last Sunday. And we just thought it would be a neat opportunity to close out our service time uh, singing that together. So we'll, let's stand and sing together.
don't want Siri, I want to open the iPad. Let's bow our heads together. Uh, Lord, to say thank you uh, just seems uh, to pale in comparison to what you are worthy of uh, to receive uh, for such an act of selfless love, such an act of humility that you would stoop to take on human flesh, to walk on this earth that we had marred with our sin is uh, it's significant enough, Lord God. But that you would allow yourself to be killed in the most horrible way, to be crucified, to be rejected by your people, your special people, is amazing. The links that you went to to secure our redemption, Father, is dumbfounding. And, and it causes men and women ever since then to shake their heads and to say, that's too much. That's too unbelievable. That's too incredible. How could you tell me that God would do such a thing as that? Lord God, we are grateful for uh, this opportunity that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ to, to commemorate your sacrifice, Lord God, to, to think on it again, to dwell on your truth. And Lord God, I pray that you would take away from, from the time that we spend in your word uh, this night a greater confidence that we would walk away from here in a greater confidence that your sacrifice was made for us and your sacrifice is sufficient. It's beyond sufficient. It meets the requirements of your righteousness and allows us the opportunity to walk in relationship with you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I was uh, thinking uh, uh, and, and kind of meditating on, on the idea of escaping the tragedy of, of, of hell something that we weren't created for and, and to be given the opportunity to, to be in relationship with God. And I, I thought back on the movie that was uh, released um, uh, be six years ago, seven years ago, called 2012. I guess it was released before 2012 because it was about the end of the world that was supposed to happen, you know, in 2012 when the Mayan calendar came to an end and kind of time if, if you follow that idea, time was going to kind of tick down to the end. And, and as a part of this movie, hope I don't ruin it for you if you're going to go out and rent it. But it, the, the whole world, all the governments of the world, build these five huge boats that are going to be able to survive uh, when the world is just covered in water uh, by tsunamis and, and, and earthquakes and, and things like that. And... and and so people, uh, the, the whole idea of this, this uh, the hero of the movie and his family is they're just trying to get onto one of those boats. And I thought about, what, what if that were the reality? What if the reality was that, that everything that we knew was going to come to an end and be destroyed, but there was one boat that we could get onto? 
okay? Except the problem was to get onto that boat, you had to buy a ticket, and that ticket cost a billion dollars. And that was your only hope. That, that boat to escape destruction and to be able to enjoy life as we know it was going to cost a billion dollars. And so, so you work and you work and you work and, and, and you're, you're working 18-hour days and you're, every day you go to the mailbox and, and when your check comes in, you just see it. And you open it up and you realize, I'm never going to get there. And, and not just that, but you have debts. Okay? So, so the bills come in on those debts. And the bills of just living everyday life keeps coming into the mailbox. And every time you go to the mailbox, the, the, not only is the check not large enough, you're never going to reach this billion-dollar price tag to get on this boat that's going to save you from destruction. And it's going to open up life as you've never known it. Not only is your paycheck never going to reach that amount, your bills keep whittling away terribly at whatever amount you have in the bank. That's the picture of disparity that, that was painted. And that is the reality of our need for a relationship with God, for our opportunity and the need for us to escape destruction in hell and escape destroying our lives on this earth. But the price tag was the priceless, you couldn't even put an amount on it, of the perfect righteousness of God that would have to be achieved in our lives in order to be able to be in relationship with him. And the problem was not only that our righteousness was not great enough, but that our sin, the bills of our sin and the debt of our sin only continues to build up. That is the dilemma and that is the problem that God was highlighting in his relationship with his people Israel through the sacrificial system. And that's what we've been reading about in Hebrews 10, about how, how that, the perfection that was needed to be achieved in order to walk in relationship with God, it wasn't going to be achieved by the system of sacrifices that God had set up if only to highlight our lack of righteousness, to highlight the debt of our sin. And so humor me again as we're in this season, understanding Hebrews 10, 1 through 25, and we'll read through these verses this evening. And we open up with verse 1, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these th realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. And perfection is what's required. Remember that. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, if they were truly cleansed by them, the idea is, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. If they were truly cleansed, they would, they would not even have a consciousness of the sins that they committed. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And it, at its very basic nature, he could be referring to that day of atonement. 
that was taken that took place every year and had to be followed in a certain way to to atone for the sins of the high priest so that the high priest could go through the veil into the holy of holies that one time a year and so that he could atone for the sins of the people but yet even in the fact that it had to be repeated and in the fact that there still remained an awareness of their sin, an awareness of how they fell horribly short of God's righteousness, it was also a testimony, this isn't enough. This will never do. And Hebrews goes on to continue. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and in sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. It is as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And he goes on to explain, When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We talked about this last Sunday. We talked about the idea that when he talks about, I've come to do your will, and he sat aside the first in order to establish the second, he's talking about setting aside the first will, like like a last will and testament that gets rewritten. And, le- and it gets written as a second will, and therefore the first will goes away. It kind of makes a little bit more sense when you think about the last will in Testament, the Old Testament, the new will and Testament, the New Testament, the Old Covenant, the New Covenant in Christ's blood. And, and so we go, he's talking about, as we looked last Sunday, about how Christ sacrificed. His person was sufficient, but also his, his person in that he was the perfect high priest for us to offer that sacrifice for us is pointed to in verses 11 and following. It says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from the time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. And basically we understand that in our modern day ideas that he dropped the mic and walked away and sat down because nothing more needed to be done. And this brings us to this amazing central verse for us in this season. Speaking of Christ's offering of himself, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Remember what the law could not do? It could not perfect those who were drawing near. But what Christ's sacrifice did was perfected all those who trust in him as Savior, brought his righteousness to us, who believe on him as Lord and Savior, who trust in his sacrifice. He's perfected us for all time, even while we're in the process of being sanctified. And he goes on, and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us 
For after saying, referring to the, new, old, the prophecy of the new covenant which Kurt read about from Jeremiah 31, after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and will write their, them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In this whole season, we want to, we celebrate the idea that we have the opportunity through the death and resurrection of Jesus to get close to the perfect God. And we can only really appreciate that when we realize that perfection is what's required in order to get close to the perfect God. Perfection is required in order to get close to the perfect God. And I don't know about you, but I got no hope of that in myself. If it was up to me to be perfect, the bill and the debts of my sin would way outweigh any sort of right thinking, right speaking, right doing that I might do. I want you to have confidence tonight in Christ's perfect offering for us, enabling God to make his perfect righteousness available to us so that it might clothe us so that we could draw close to him in relationship. We're looking at God's perfect offering, making us perfect in Christ. The fact is, Christ paid our debt. And in his eternality, his payment could pay the debts for all of time. In his mighty nature, almighty nature of being God himself, in his ever-present nature of being God himself, his debts are available to all of people, powerful enough to cover all of people for all of time. His offering is perfect. And I want you to take this, that we can draw near to God with confidence in our perfection because Christ is our perfect offering. It could be done no other way. No amount of mantra, no amount of penance, no amount of church going. It required a perfect offering. And because the perfect offering was given, I want you to have confidence in the fact that you can stand perfect before God. If you put your trust and your faith in the person, in the work of Christ himself, 
for your salvation, not in your own efforts. You stand perfect for all time before the perfect God. And he calls you to draw close to him. And Christ's perfect righteousness is ours for the asking. I want to prove to you tonight why you can have every confidence in your perfection before God. What an awesome verse 14, as we've look, we're looking at this in this season. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. There it is in black and white. No more need to make atonement for sins. It's been done. No more, no more shameful reminders of the wrong things that we've done, that we've said, that we've thought. No need for even for us to work, to grow in order to gain a relationship with God. But in fact, even as we are growing in righteousness, even as we are being sanctified, even as we are more and more being set apart in our relationship with Him, even as in that process, maybe three steps forward and two steps back, we still stand before him perfected for all time. It's amazing. And the perfection of God's people is what's required for us to live with him according to the new covenant. As was prophesied and as is talked about in verses 15 through 18 here. That he would remember our sins and our lawless deeds no more. And then skip moving forward here to verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter into the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, that idea and, and what actually happened, which God gave us that beautiful symbolic action in doing what only he could do of ripping the huge curtain that was between the Holy of Holies and all of mankind, ripping it from top to bottom the moment that his son was sacrificed. Saying, yeah, it's that good. Yeah, it's been done. When he just said, out there, it is finished, this is me saying, yeah, it's finished. It's been removed. The barrier has been removed. And anyone that comes in the righteousness of Christ can draw near to the most holiest place in the universe. Into the very presence of the perfect God. The Good News Bible says, let us come near to God. The New Living says, let us go right into the presence of God. And the basis of our confidence is Christ's perfect offering. As Hebrews tells us in 9.12, He entered once for all into the holy places by the means of the, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. Just looking again at the connection of verses 14 and the beginning of verse 22. The reason that he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified, being 
if you've received Christ as your Savior, God is slowly sanctifying you with the indwelling Holy Spirit, but you can take it to the bank that you've been perfected. So the answer is, let us draw near to him. Let us not be afraid of him seeing our sin. Let us not be afraid of confessing the the things that we know that we do that he needs to work on. Let us not feel like we've got to hide from God, but instead run right into his presence. As I mentioned, and as was read, one of the last things that Jesus said is, it is finished. We've looked at this as a body before. That that term, tetelestai, it doesn't just mean, okay, I'm done here. It means the work that I came to do has, is finished. It is perfected. There is nothing left to be done to enable people to walk with God. Now, we'll look on Sunday morning of how Christ's resurrection is the proof to us that it is finished. But understand something. What we're talking about tonight is talking about taking that finished work to the bank. See, that, that when he says it is finished, he uses the word to tell us die. And when he says that by a single offering, Christ has perfected, it's teteleokin. They're the same words. You see, Christ, death on the cross, finished and perfected God's salvation work. And our receiving his payment for our sins and his righteousness in our place is the application of that perfecting work. Because he could say, it has been perfected what I have done in receiving Christ. God says of us, you have been perfected for all time. And no more need be done to earn a relationship with God. Let's think back on that dilemma, okay? The world is ending. Life is hard, nerve-wracking, you know, crazy. And that boat is the only, the only way to life. That boat is the only way out of disaster. But there's a billion-dollar price tag, and, and I can't even get on there because I can barely pay my debts with the money that I'm earning and with what I have in the bank. But I live next door to a multi-billionaire. I live next door to a gazillionaire. There's no amount, there's no way to count. There's no way to, to know how much money this person has. I can only assume he's got a ticket. His family's got a ticket. He, he goes and, you know, and, and enjoys the boat life anytime that he wants. No worries, no fear. And one day, he offers to switch mailboxes. You know what that would mean? My bills go to him. His paycheck, his, his dividends, they come in at $10 billion a month, go to me. 
And it's as simple as that. He takes my debts, and I get his money. I get his riches. I get his opportunities. I get onto that boat. And life can go on. Jesus has done the work to be able to switch mailboxes with us. See, our sins were laid on him so that his righteousness could be laid on us. Our complete imperfections he took on so that his perfection could come on us. And his paycheck of righteousness, we get to cash. To accept Jesus offer to switch the mailboxes with you to say, okay, I believe it. You'll take my sin. You took my sin. I get to have your righteousness. That's salvation. That's coming to Christ as our Savior. That's simply saying, I accept being perfected before God. And you can take that to the bank. And when we find ourselves stuck in sin, when we find ourselves stuck in shame, when we find ourselves disconnecting from other believers, I will guarantee you that it starts with us realizing or us forgetting that it's all been paid. And the most important person in the universe sees us in Christ's perfect righteousness. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus gave his body and his blood as a sacrifice for your sins? Do you believe that Jesus' righteousness can cover you and allow you to stand before the perfect God? Do you believe that standing in the righteousness of Christ, God has invites you to live in his presence? Invites you to live drawn near to him walking in relationship with him. As we come to communion this, mo- this evening, got to get that switched around. We have, we have two tables in the back and, and one up front here. And, and Micaiah is going to play for us and, and um, play a song of reflection for us. We encourage you to, to go and to, to take the elements and bring it back to your seat and we'll take it together. trusting Christ as your Savior you don't need anything from this communion in order to have a relationship with God but it symbolizes all that was done in order for you to have a relationship with God and we get to celebrate it and he gave us the invitation to brazenly come and remember what he has done because he's proud of it. He, he does not regret pouring out his blood and having his body broken for you. So as I said, as Micaiah plays, we'll uh, gather up our elements together and and then take it together after we sit down. Let me close in prayer this time. Father, 
I pray, Lord God, that you would allow us to plumb the depths even deeper into our salvation, into the righteousness that we are able to stand before you in. I pray, Lord God, that even as we take communion once again, Lord God, that you would penetrate our hearts that can become so hardened by the sin that we live amidst, by the sins that we still commit. But Lord, more than anything, in trusting Christ as our Savior, that we will feel your grace and the the amazing idea that the perfect God accepts us and finds us perfect. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
treasure